Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Thank you all for tuning in. Whether you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may be tuning in from. And, of course, if you're tuning in from Spotify, go ahead and subscribe. And while you're subscribing, you can actually rate the show. Five stars would definitely be appreciated. And if you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, you can go ahead and rate the show there, too. And you can also review it. I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, on this episode, we're going to be talking about the number one position in the NFL, by considered by some. That'd be the quarterback position. And we're going to be talking with none other than NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon. We're going to get to our conversation a little bit later on in the show. But up first, of course, like always, I have to get something off my chest. And this one, definitely, I definitely got to talk about it. Aaron Donald is one of the most dominant defensive tackles ever in NFL history. I mean, they double and triple team this man, and he still gets to the quarterback and still causes many, many disruptions. That cannot be disputed. What can be disputed is his actions pretty recently in joint practice with the Cincinnati Bengals. They got to a little bit of a scrum, and apparently he grabbed a helmet and was swinging a helmet at the opposing team. I mean, swinging down, I was swinging is being nice. He was striking down with the helmet. Of course, that was something that wasn't called for. Of course, the order was restored eventually. But you have to look at this action and wonder what is going on here. I understand the frustration or whatever was going on. What I don't understand is you're out there committing assault. On the football field, I know legally, you know, when you're you're playing, as some people call football legalized assault in terms of tackling and the hitting and things like that. But when you have a helmet in your hand and you're attempting to strike the opponent with the helmet, that's not necessarily the legalized assault that they they're talking about. And honestly, this looks very very bad. But this isn't the first time that you know Aaron Donald has lost his temper on the football field. I mean. We've seen it a few times. I'm pretty sure everyone remembers. But this is also a man that's very dangerous on the football field just in terms of his play because he trains with knives. So anybody that trains with knives to perfect their pass rushing moves, I don't want any beef with them anyway. But to be honest, people are talking about, hey, he should be suspended. He should be this. He should be that. You know, and some are like, oh, he's just heated and things like that. But what if he strikes the person with no helmet, with their helmet. Are we having a different conversation if he, you know, God forbid, if he critically injures or even kills somebody with hitting them with the helmet and they don't have one on? 
I think we're having a different conversation then. I mean, plenty remember when Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph upside his head with a helmet. He got a six-game suspension. What amounted to a six-game suspension. Remember that. Now, the NFL says that, of course, they're going to leave the punishment. I believe, up, I believe believe this punishment is going to be up to the Rams. The Rams, I guess, are doing what, you know, talking about it or whatever. But I honestly am not sure that they're going to suspend him. But in all actuality, this type of action is a suspendable offense. I mean, some are saying two games, things like that. But, you know, I don't know if two games is enough. Because his actions could have critically hurt someone. And I know people will say, well, he didn't do any, he, he didn't hurt anyone, did he? I know people will say that. But the intent to hurt someone was there and it could have happened. And it could have been an ugly scene, not only for the NFL, not only for Aaron Donald, but whoever he could have hit. So, in my opinion, yes, I'd, I'd suspend him for six games. I would. I don't think the team now let me clarify do I think the team will probably not but do I think the NFL should step in yes but I'm not sure in te- you know technically how much they can because of the new the CBA that's out there right now which of course those that don't know what CBA is that's a collective bargaining agreement uh I'm not sure how much they can step in but in my opinion yes six games for sure because at least, because, you know, that honestly, you know, what if you connect with that man that doesn't have a helmet on and with the force he was coming down with uh, the helmet, he could have critically injured that man. Something to think on. I mean, honestly, I think six games at minimum would be would be justified in this instance. I know there'll be some that will disagree with me, some that will agree with me and some of them will think that more games, but that's just my opinion. That's just my thoughts. And I definitely had to say something about it. That's the get it off your chest segment for this episode. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back you're you'll hear my conversation with the one and only Warren Moon on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be right back. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to. Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. 
And of course, there are plenty of stories in the NFL to start this season, but there are a lot of them that involve quarterbacks. And I thought to myself, who would be the best person to talk about quarterbacks, quarterback play, and just all that's going on that involves quarterbacks? And I saw I reached out to a Hall of Famer that needs no introduction, but I, I tried to give him one. That would be Mr. Warren Moon. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. I was kind of like, man, you know, I got to give him kind of a, a pretty good introduction. You know, you're talking about these quarterbacks since he kind of is one of the, the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. Well, I appreciate that. That's all you need to say right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So quarterback play. Of course, there's plenty of storylines. There's top 10 lists where people are arguing back and forth. But there's always two guys that get mentioned and have been mentioned over the past, what, 10, 15 years. That would be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Now, both of these guys are, are not necessarily considered the number one QBs. A lot of people are taking Patrick Mahomes in that instance at this point. But do you think these two will both be at the top again in terms of quarterback play this year? I think you're going to be right near the top. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers lost a lot when he lost uh, uh, Devontae Adams. Um, but he Nobody knew who Devontae Adams was before he got with Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers has a way of making, uh, you know, receivers uh, become stars in this league. So, uh, again, they did lose a lot. But I think uh, what what Aaron demands of his receivers, uh, he's going to get some good play out of the ones that he has left. And uh, he's got some guys that he's played with, like Randall Cobb. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he's somebody that's had a lot of success with with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he's got his tight end, Robert Tanyan. I think he's back this year, so that's kind of a security blanket for him. And then Alan Lazard did a great job for him last year. I think he caught 40 balls and eight touchdowns, so he, he's probably ready to take off and, and uh, kind of make his own mark. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I think they're going to do it a little different way. They're going to spread the ball around a little bit more and, and not focus on one guy like they did with with Devontae, and they're going to run the ball as well. And even even their uh, their running back Jones, and he caught over 50 balls last year. So they're going to do it a lot of different ways, uh, as opposed to just you know having. I think uh, yeah, uh, Adams had I think 167 targets last year, or something like that. So that's not that's going to go away. It'll probably be spread around a little bit more. Gotcha, gotcha. And as far as Tom Brady, I mean, looking at that team, they lost a lot of linemen in terms of free agency and now with injuries going on along that offensive line. Their first and second second string center, I believe, were out. And I'm pretty sure both are out for the season, I believe. Um, I mean, what can you – I mean, do you think he's able to put up these numbers despite the the, the – offensive line not necessarily being the greatest like it was last year well again um he's probably gonna have to do it a little different way as well this year because of the loss of especially that interior part of his offensive line those two guards in the center that's where tom needs more protection than most quarterbacks because he's going to be in the pocket and, and if, 
if you usually put pressure on him, it's, it's up the middle where he can't step and throw throw the football. And that's why those guards have to be solid in there. So uh, unless they get, unless they have some really good backups um, to be able to keep that that pocket nice and solid, uh, he probably will have to go to some different forms of protection and and uh, maybe do a little bit more maximum protection, maybe. You know, keep a back end a little bit more, maybe keep a tight end more in block, and they've done that a lot in the past anyway. Uh, and maybe not send as many receivers out so they can make sure they have good protection for Tom to get the ball out of there. So, again, they'll figure out a way to get it done. Byron Leftwich, their offensive coordinator, and, and also, you know, Tom, and uh, they'll figure out the best way to get the ball out, whether it's you're using the quick game or going no huddle, which, uh, you know, keeps defenses on their, on their uh, heels as well. There's a lot of different things you can do when your offensive line uh, isn't up to par with, with injuries and that. And then you have a very experienced quarterback who kind of knows where he's going with the ball before the snap. So he's not going to hold it very long. Gotcha, gotcha. It'll definitely be interesting just to see because everyone wonders when they're going to have a point of falling off. People wonder, but we'll, we'll you know, hopefully for their teams and for them and their legacies, that doesn't happen this season. But another quarterback that people are talking about, which, you know, he he's definitely gets his share of criticism and his share of love, is Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a dynamic player. He can do about anything on the field. He can throw the football, contrary to what people think. But, you know, he does a lot of different things on the field. Now, you know, to, to – uh, you know, but but one thing he has doesn't have on the field, and, of course, he, you know, is very important is – an actual deal you know a lot of quarterbacks got paid but you know for some reason uh of course there's rumors of what different reasons there was no deal reached between him and the ravens this offseason so uh, i just wanted to ask you do you think he should have even stepped on the field without a deal this offseason or this season you know i don't think he should but i think he feels like he should i think he feels like he wants to go out and play this season and prove what he can do and, and maybe become the highest paid player in the league. Uh, he's kind of betting on himself. Uh, I know he's been offered a lot of money. He probably hasn't been offered as much as he wants, but I think he's been offered a ton of money more than um, Tyler Murray and uh, maybe not as much guaranteed money as, as he probably wants, like a Deshaun Watson or something like that. But He's been offered a lot of money. So I, I think they, they, they're going to get it done before the season starts. But they've still got, you know, two, two weeks before the season actually gets started. And usually these deals come right down to the deadlines before they get done. But if it doesn't get done, it wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, he went into the season betting on himself. And uh, the only thing that worries me is the way he plays. You know, he's more susceptible to injury than most other quarterbacks. Um, and then the Ravens could always uh, franchise him next year if they want to as well, which would be a really high franchise number, but they still have those options in their back pocket. Yeah, definitely it's something to watch. And another thing to watch as well is uh, the development of Lamar Jackson. Now, much is made about him and his passing and, of course, lack thereof in some instances. Um, but to me, just from a perspective of watching and knowing who his offensive coordinator is, I don't necessarily think he's been necessarily developed or put in the greatest position to develop just based off of, you know, the offenses that I've seen from Greg Roman over the years. 
Uh, would you think that's an accurate assessment, or is it more kind of a combination of both Roman and Lamar Jackson? Because to me, just, just from what I saw of him over his career in Lamar Jackson, uh, in Louisville, he was actually a very, very good passer that, that a lot of people don't want to give credit or talk about. But it seems like to me he hasn't developed to take it to that next level at the NFL. And to me, that I think some of that has to do with the offensive coordinator and or the scheme or the I guess the challenging of developing him there at the NFL level. Well, it was definitely the scheme. You know, they run a more, more different scheme than anybody else in the league. He's probably one of the only guys that can run this type of offense uh, because he's not your, your quote unquote, uh, you know, typical quarterback. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to sit in the pocket but has the ability to move around. He, he's a more dynamic quarterback that, that's going to run the football so many times, but he also is going to be able to throw the ball from the pocket as well. And a lot of the, a lot of the things that, that have to do with um, perfecting your game as a passer, you, you need to work on those things in the offseason. You know, if you need to get with a quarterback coach or whatever it might be to, to do that. I know Josh Allen did that when he first came in the league and he got with uh, Jordan Palmer, you know, Carson Palmer's brother, and, and he really in, improved his uh, fundamentals and his techniques and his accuracy. And uh, he took a lot of big leaps from his second year to his third and fourth year. So that's something that I think if, if um, Lamar wants to get better at those things, he might have to take it on himself. And, and try and improve uh, on his own in the offseason and just put the time in. Um, but as far as the offense that they run, you know, they're going to run the football and they're going to have a lot of backs. They're going to have a lot of tight ends on their roster. They're not going to have a lot of big-time receivers. Um, that's just not what they do. So I think Lamar understands that, and I don't, I don't think he's complained anything about it. So it's going to be up to him whether he wants to take his game as a passer to the next level or not. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, as far as uh, a guy that also that is also expected to take his game to the next level this upcoming season, that would be Mr. Herbert out there in Los Angeles. A lot of people like him to take that leap and take the Chargers into the playoffs this year. I have to kind of get used to calling them. I'm still getting used to calling them the Los Angeles Chargers instead of the San Diego Chargers. But, you know, a lot of people are looking for him to take that leap and lead the Chargers into the playoffs. You know, and do you would you rank him as a guy that you say could be a top ten quarterback, even though he hasn't necessarily led his team to the playoffs or you know had substantial success in the NFL so far? I already put him in the top ten. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in this league right now. I mean, the numbers have proved it over his first two years. He's thrown football for as many yards and touchdowns as any other quarterback in history. Uh, he just didn't happen to have a really great defense, and his coach made some gambles in certain situations on fourth downs and that that I think really cost their team a couple of games where they could have been in the playoffs last year. So I don't think the reason why they're not in the playoffs is because of, of Justin, um, but he's definitely holding up his, his end of the bargain. Of course, a quarterback can always do better if, if a team uh, isn't getting to the playoffs, and I think he will, he will have a better season this year. I think he'll just continue to keep getting better. But um, uh, I don't think that it's all his fault that they haven't gotten to the playoffs this year. But I, I consider him one of the top, you know, five, seven quarterbacks in the league right now. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my 
you know, graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image. And you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait, or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423 423- Five five seven six seven four six. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography, or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did, and he's got me looking great. All right, all right. Now, um. <clears throat> Of course, we did talk about the the quarterbacks that are around the league and a little bit of that flavor as well. But we do have to talk about the quarterbacks in the AFC South since this is the tour in the AFC South show. And, of course, one of the talking uh, points a lot for the Tennessee Titans has been Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. It started with Ryan Tannehill talking about not being, uh, you know, it's not, it's not his job to be his mentor or whatever it was saying, even though he does give him tips and stuff with things like that in practice as well. But and now it's gone to kind of critiquing Malik Willis during his starts in the preseason. And you have some that are saying, oh, he looks great. Let him be the starter now and let him just grow and develop. And you have others that are, you know, going the opposite way and saying, well, he's, he looks like he's a few years away. Get rid of the ball, throw the ball. I'm wanting him to be great off top. I mean, it, it just it, it it's a little mind boggling to me, and it's a little frustrating because he's a very talented player. Um, what would you say in your in your opinion in terms of his his kind of schedule to progress? Would would be the kind of you know the, the the big thing for him to be in terms of showing progression towards being a starter. Well, you know, I, I think he should take his time. I, I don't think they should rush him out on the field. Um, he still has some things to learn and, and be polished on. And, and uh, you look at a Pat Mahomes and some of those guys that didn't play their first year in the league very much, I think being able to sit back and watch and learn and understand what it takes to be a, a professional quarterback, uh, especially from a veteran, I think will only help you down the road. There's no hurry for you to get on the field unless the team uh, – had a, a real strong need at that position, which I don't think they do. Or if the, if the starter got hurt, then you're rushed into, into playing time. But other than that, there's no hurry for you to be out there. Just just learn the position and uh, learn the finer points of the position. And I think his time will come. But you know, Ryan Tannehill can still play the game. There's no question about it. He did have a bad playoff game last year. Um, he had a tough season with with all the injuries from his wide receivers in and out of the lineup, and Julio Jones never really uh, became the guy that everybody thought he could be when he came there. So I thought Ryan really had, he um, really battled through all of that last year, but you know, the one, the bad playoff game did not help him as far as uh, that's the last thing everybody saw was the fact that he didn't play well in the playoff game, and, and uh, everybody wants to, wants to get rid of you after, after that one bad game. So I think we all know he's a really good quarterback, and I think he'll bounce back this year if he can get 
some some uh, consistent uh, play from his uh, outside receivers. You know, he lost AJ Brown. That was a big loss. He doesn't have Julio Jones anymore. So we'll have to see who the guys are that are going to step up and, and take over the um, the replacement of those guys. It's definitely going to be interesting to see, especially the chemistry developed between uh, newly acquired. Uh, Robert Woods, then you have uh, Racy McMath, you have Nick uh, Kenny Westbrook, or Westbrook Kenny, I'm sorry. And then you have a Traylon Burks, uh, who's an intriguing prospect in his own right. Uh, of course, you know, I, I, I got to I gotta mention Kyle Phillips, who, you know, has been pretty unguardable in, during camp with, with uh, in the slot position. So, so, so you know, definitely. You mentioned not how it's names, but. Um... This is their time to shine. So hopefully they can step up and, and become the players they need to be um, to help this football team because uh, they lost two really, really good receivers. One that's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, another one who's uh, headed that direction if he continues to keep playing the way he is. So when you lose all that in one year, uh, it's going to take a lot for some, some young guys to step up and make their name. Definitely, definitely. Now, you did mention uh, Ryan Tannehill in that playoff game. And, you know, being here in Nashville, you, you currently you, you hear about it over and over and over again. Whatever, whatever, anything that he does, you continue to hear about it. Um, what could be some of the best advice you probably could give Ryan Tannehill going into this season based upon how last season ended and the kind of perception out there for him? Well, I think the only thing he can do is um... – <clears throat> You know, get back out on the field and, and uh, just play and just play good. Let us play do all the talking. Um, I'm sure nobody's saying anything in his face, but if I was him, I would stay away from any type of social media, any type of any type of media that you know people might be uh, you know talking about my play or critiquing my play. Uh, just try and get that out of your mind. You know what you did wrong in that game. You watched the tape. You understand exactly what you need to do to improve. So there's really nothing you can do about that game. It's in the past, and you have to keep moving forward. So, so in order to not get to dwell on it, just kind of keep yourself away from any of any of that type of uh, talk and any type any of that type of uh, uh, you know, poison that's out there, and just get ready to get back on the field, have a great training camp, great preseason, and uh, you get ready to play the season. And you let your play quiet everybody else down from what happened last year. Definitely good advice, and uh, you know, for the Titans fans, uh, I'm sure they're they're hoping that Ryan Tannehill kind of rebounds to the guy that first took over for Marcus Mariota back a few years ago. Now, of course, there's another guy taking over in the Colts for the Colts this year, which is their fifth quarterback in five years. Of course, if those that don't remember, it's Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett. Then you had uh, Philip Rivers. Then you had Carson Wentz. Now you have Matt Ryan. Now Matt Ryan comes in off of you know being probably arguably arguably the greatest quarterback in Atlanta Falcons history. And now he's in a new situation here with the Colts, and of course expectations are to make the playoffs. But can he do enough to make them not only a playoff team but a contending team in the AFC? You know, I, I think he can. Uh, you know, he, he was in a Super Bowl with three years ago or something like that, and was the MVP of the league. Um, Indianapolis is a team that, that's, that's good enough roster-wise to go to a, to go to a Super Bowl. They they have a really outstanding running game. Um, they have a top five defense in the league. Uh, 
Uh, they, they create turnovers. Uh, you know, the biggest question is, do they have enough outside firepower uh, as far as being able to throw the football? But when you bring in a guy like Matt Ryan, who's very efficient, who's going to take care of the football, uh, he's going to make the right decisions and reads. Uh, as long as he doesn't, you know, screw things up, I think they're, they're going to be okay. He just needs to play consistent football. Because he doesn't have to win every game, especially at his age now. I think when he's 38 years old or something like that, he doesn't have to win the game himself. There's going to be games where he's going to have to make some big throws, and I think he can still do that. But he's, but they're not relying on him to go out there, and he's going to have to throw for 300 yards every week because you have this outstanding running game. So he'll be able to play more situational football. Uh, they'll be more balanced offensively, and I think that plays right into his strengths for where he is in his career right now. So. As long as he's not turning the football over a ton, I think this team is going to be dangerous. Now, you, you did mention, of course, he is a veteran quarterback at this point in time. And usually as you become a veteran, um, you know, the, the strength of the, of the arm is not necessarily the same as what's, what it once was when you first got in in some instances, uh, which means more of the mental game takes over. Now, mentally, in terms of how he's going to play, I mean – how strong do you think that that mental part of the game is going to be for him in terms of taking this offense to another level? Well, that's what he brings to the table. He brings the, uh, the mental capacity that, that uh, you know, he's probably learned the offense. He, he works as hard as any quarterback in the league, and I'm sure he's been doing that all offseason. The great thing is they brought him in early and got the deal done where he could be there the whole offseason as well as training camp and preseason and all that. So, that part of it, uh, I think he'll master. Um, and then I think he's a little bit more rejuvenated now just because he's been in Atlanta so long. They haven't been very good the last few years. Now he gets a chance to go to a team that at least has a chance. And he's at the end of his career, uh, even probably two or three more years left in his career. So he's got a chance to maybe get back to a Super Bowl again. So that, that kind of you know lights a spark inside you and, and, and motivates you a little bit. So. I think he's got that going for him as well, and, and that's probably what the team needs too, a little bit of a spark after you know, the way things ended last year with Carson Wentz and then the team wondering who our quarterback is going to be. And I'm sure they're excited to have Matt there now, and, and Matt's excited to be there because of, of the possibility. So I think it's a good combination that's going on right now in Indy. Definitely. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, along with the Titans, they'll be one of the teams to watch in this division. Now, Another team that just might be a little bit to watch this year as to, you know, making the upward move would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, they have former number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Last year didn't go necessarily as well as he wanted it to. You know, along with the, the, the coaching issues, he wasn't necessarily having the type of production he was used to back at Clemson. <laughs> back forward to this season, he has – Doug Peterson as his head coach. He's got a few new weapons, uh, a lot of renewed optimism down there in Jacksonville. Um, what can you say is, you know, kind of the expectation, or what do you think is kind of the expectation of him in terms of taking the leap this season? Well, yeah, last year was a very disappointing season, I'm sure, for him and the whole organization, especially with everything that happened with the coaching and, and that. Um, I think having Doug Peterson there is a really uh, shot in the arm for him because he's got a guy now that played quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's been a winner in this league. He's won a Super Bowl. He brings uh, credibility to not only 
Trevor, but to the whole football team. And, and then I think he's he's quarterback friendly. He'll he'll know how to treat a quarterback from the head coaching side of it, and that's important as well. So I think just from all the things I've heard Trevor talk about this offseason, he's really uh, he's really pleased to have Doug Peterson there as a head coach and the things that he's brought in, the culture that he's brought into the team. And, and they have a lot of young talent on that team, so they're going to be much more competitive this year. How many games they win, I'm really not sure, but I would think they have a chance to win probably you know, seven, eight games this year. You just never know. Um, but a lot of it's going to be based on how well Trevor plays and then how well their defense plays. All right. Now, as far as Trevor Lawrence, uh, I'm going to go and flip it on the, the other side. Say he comes in this year and he kind of struggles a little bit to start. When does that worry kind of pick up or enhance during the season about him and his play? Well, it depends on why he's struggling. You know, I don't think the kid's going to struggle if he's put in the right situation. Though. Even last year, I thought he finished the season pretty strong his last two or three ball games. Um, and I think he's going to build off of that you know, coming into this season. I think he's just too good a player to be a bust. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think there's enough talent around him. Could they put more around him? Sure. I think any quarterback would always ask for, for more talent, but I think he's going to be good enough you know, to keep this, this, this team competitive in most of their football games. Will they win them all? Uh, that's not going to happen, but they'll be a much more competitive team than they were last year, and I think for sure they'll win more games than they did last year. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that team with the additions, especially defense – Defensive additions with Olaquan from the, the Falcons and, uh, of course, Trayvon Walker and looking to see how he shows up in the uh, as the number one overall pick this year. So right. it'll be interesting to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know people haven't heard that uh, that said in a while. So, But, <laughs> but uh, as far as the, uh, the the last team in the division now, I, I, I saved it for last, but it wasn't on purpose all the time. But, you know, I do think they'll be the last in the division that would be the Houston Texans and of course they're quarterback by Davis Mills now last year it wasn't like he was supposed to be the guy last year Tyler Taylor was then he got hurt and then Davis Mills stepped in and they decided to go with him the rest of the season now going to this year Tyler Taylor's in New York with the Giants and it's Davis Mills team they're going to be looking at him to be the guy um as far as everything there do you do you <clears throat> no, no, not many weapons, and not a ton of weapons. They do have the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in the division, uh, in uh, Brandon Cooks. But as far as you know, just total weapons, do you think there's enough weapons there for him to kind of develop and show he can be the guy for the Houston Texans? You know, I don't think there's enough there yet. But uh, he really impressed me last year, just because, for one, like you said, he took over because of Andrea Tyrod Taylor. So he wasn't expected to play very much. And he didn't play a whole lot of college football. And then you had the whole Deshaun Watson thing kind of swirling around the team that kind of made it in kind of a toxic environment for them. Uh, but Davis Mills came in there and played really, really good football. He probably played as well as any of the rookie quarterbacks that, that uh, played last year, if you look at his numbers. Uh, so I think they were really encouraged by the way he handled everything, his maturity. Uh, he only got better and better as the season went along. And if he can build off of that uh, starting into this year, again, they're going to be much more competitive. They won't win as many games just because they don't have those big, 
big time playmakers that, that you need to win games at the end. But I think he's a quarterback that's going to keep them in games. And I, and I think Lovey Smith is going to have his team playing really hard, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So it won't be a cakewalk when you play the, uh, the Houston Texans. They'll, they'll be a, a competitive team for you to play. Now, speaking of his development going into the next season or this season, uh, one guy that's going to be key in that is office coordinator, uh, Pep Hamilton, I believe, if I have everything correct. Um, he it was key in the development of a one Andrew Luck as well. So, you know, kind of drawing the comparisons here, you know, of course, Stanford for Andrew Luck, Stanford for Davis Mills. Um, how key do you think he'll be in the development of Mills this whole season? Well, he's got to be a key. There's no question. He was a key last year. And like, like you said, he did a great job with Davis and, and, uh, and really got him playing some efficient football. And, and like I said, he improved every week that he was in there at the quarterback position. And now they have two years together. And that's very important for a young quarterback to have some continuity with your, uh, with your offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, because a lot of times when, when, players go to bad teams, there's a lot of changeover in the coaching and change and that changeover in the coaching just kind of sets you back. So uh, I think it's important that Pep is with him for the second year. And I think you're going to see his, his growth happen because he's got that same continuity and that same chemistry with his, uh, with his, his coach and also that same consistency that you're always looking for. All right. All right. Now, of course, uh, we've definitely gone through the AFC South and, uh, kind of toured around a lot of different quarterbacks in the NFL. What we didn't talk about was uh, Kirk Cousins, but we, we're not going to go there on that. We got to go any old way. But um, what I do have for you is five questions and two answers. It's kind of my game portion of the show. <laughs> so I'm going to give you two quarterbacks. I'm going to ask you to pick one. All right. You ready? Is there a right answer to any of these? Uh, it's it's the, the right answer for you. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. We have, okay, if you had to pick one quarterback, and we did talk about these two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert? Wow. <laughs> it depends on what type of offense we're going to run and what type of personnel we have. If we've got top flight wide receivers and a really good offensive line, I want Justin Herbert we're going to run the football and we're going to pound it and we've got big tight ends and running backs, then I'm going to go with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. So I think a lot of it has to do with the personnel decisions on, on these two guys because they're so totally opposite. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. This one right here is going to gonna be interesting. We're going old school versus new school. The old school goat versus the new school goat. For some, for some, we're going to say this, for some. Tom Brady... Or Joe Montana. Mm. I've always been a huge Joe, Joe Montana fan. I, mean, I played in the same era as him. Uh, he won four Super Bowls and uh, never lost one. Uh, never threw an interception in a Super Bowl. So, you know, Joe was my number one guy up until Tom winning the seventh Super Bowl. That. That kind of kind of changed my mind a little bit because he was able to go to another team and do it. But uh, there's something about you know my era and just the way we played the game back in that day. I I, I got to go with Joe Montana. 
All right, all right. All right, here's another one. Uh, this was, uh, for some, was the de facto AFC Championship game. Um, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Ooh. That's a good one, too. That's a real, I mean, you, you can't uh, argue with the success that Patrick Mahomes has had since he's been out of the league in such a short period of time. In five years, he didn't play his first year, but maybe one or two games. But since then, he's been the four AFC championship games, the two Super Bowls, and he's won one, but he's also won MVP. Where Josh Allen hasn't won MVP, he hasn't been to an AFC championship game yet. And uh, so I got to go with Patrick Mahomes just off of off the success that he's had over the first four years or five years of his career compared to, to Josh Allen, who started off really slow and has really gotten much better, especially over the last two years. They're two of the top quarterbacks in the league, and Patrick is the not just because of all the all the uh, success that he's had. All right, all right, we're going with uh, hmm. This will be an interesting one. I don't know which way you'll go with this one. Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins? If you had to pick them and going into this season. Ooh, Kirk Cousins, I think, is going to be a, a better player only because his uh, his coach is an offensive-minded coach. You know, I think he's going to get the most out of him. And he's has talented receivers uh, and a really good running back, too, so he's got a really good combination offensively. But I, I think the, the team that they put together in Philadelphia a really, really good roster. They have probably one of the best offensive lines in the league, which is important for a young quarterback to have. And getting A.J. Brown to go along with some of the other receivers they have. Uh, I've got the kids name from Alabama. Monte Smith. Monte Smith. I mean, so everything is there for Jalen to, to have success. And I, and I know he's worked his tail off because I can look at him and see that he's, he's, he's making better decisions with the football. And he's throwing football better from the pocket. Um, but Kirk Cousins, you know, he's, he's he's a pretty established quarterback. He's going for a lot of yards in this league. That, that's a good one. That, that's a really good question. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the young guy. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts and say that he's going to have a breakout season this year. Well, me and you are thinking along the same lines because I think so as well. Um, the last one. Now, this will be an interesting one. This is, uh, I believe, the battle of the former number one picks. Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's an interesting one. I, I'm going <laughs> to go with, uh, with um, Jared Goff. I really I really like what he's, what he's done and how he's handled that whole thing with the Rams when he went to Detroit been to a Super Bowl already. He's been to the playoffs a number of times. Uh, I think Detroit's building something that's going to be you know, pretty good there. They're, they're, uh, they're still a little ways away, but I think they're going to be much more competitive this season. And I think a lot of that competitiveness is going to have to come from from Jared Goff playing well. You know, Baker's still kind of in no man's land, I think. He's still trying to find his way, trying to find a home. We'll see how it works for him in, in Carolina. Um, but he is getting another opportunity, just like just like uh, Jared did 
you know, going to Detroit, but Jared's kind of, I think, turned that corner. He's a little further ahead because he's already a year under his belt in Detroit, and I think he's going to be better this year where, where uh, Baker's still trying to find himself there in, uh, in Carolina. All right. Well, that was five questions. We got our answers, <laughs> and uh, we have reached the end of the show, and I want to thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for just dropping wisdom about the quarterback position like only you can. And I want to kind of give you the floor uh, if you have, uh, you know, anything going on where people can reach you, anything like that at all, the floor is yours. No, I'm good. I just wanted to come on and talk football with you. We've talked about uh, me coming on your show for a while. I've I've seen you different times when I was in Nashville, and uh, we've been able to talk a little bit there. So I'm glad I got a chance to come on your show, talk a little little quarterback talk, and and uh, now it's time for me to go pick up my son from, uh, from high school football practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, so I got to go to my daddy dudes now, you know? <laughs> totally understand. Totally understand. Well, I won't keep you too long. Uh, just I uh, want to thank you again for your time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. You've been tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out. <laughs>